0: Welcome into week one of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here with pro bowler, T.J. Houshmanjada. T.J., week one is upon us. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. I'm just ready to get some football being played that actually matters. So for me, I'm excited. This part of the year for me, minus the cold weather, when you're not in California, is always the best time of the year.
0: So I was wondering, though, because I just saw a tweet uh, from Ross Tucker, who said, uh, shout out to Josh Norman for skipping all of training camp um, and signing right before week one and being able to get his salary guaranteed for the rest of uh, for the rest of the NFL season. I'm just wondering, you were, when you were a player, did you ever have the opportunity to try to, like, skip training camp or have something that was a, like a hookup kind of like that?
1: Never. I, I wish. Now, my last year – everybody skipped training camp. It was the year of the lockout. So I I wouldn't say everybody skipped training camp, but it, it got started really late. And so it was 2011 or 12 around that time when they hadn't had a CBA. But for the most part, I went to training camp every single year to get a chance to miss that, especially back then. Josh Norman was playing when training camp was pretty tough his first couple years. So yeah, to skip it back then, please let me skip it. Skip it now from what I hear, it's not too bad, but either way, you don't want to do it.
0: Well, going into week one, the first game that we will see on the glorious kickoff this defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the team that we saw more of their training camp than anybody in the Dallas Cowboys featured on Hard Knocks. The Bucks opened at six point favorites. They're now moved all the way to eight and a half point favorites tj the total on this game is 51 and a half you got dak prescott and his shoulder or his foot or both or neither depending on who you ask the bucks return 22 starters on offense and defense what do you make of this game we'll see thursday night
1: that's crazy that first game of the season you don't know how either team is going to look and the cowboys are that's a lot of points a ton but it's because Dak has his problem, Zach Martin's out, the Bucks return everybody, defending Super Bowl champs. I'm kind of torn on this game because initially I'm like, the Bucs are gonna win for sure. That's not the question. The question is by how much? How many points are they gonna win by? And eight and a half is a lot to give up. Um. But yeah, th- th- this game here, it, it kind of uh, which way should you go? But I'm I'm going to go with the team that I know is going to win, and, and that's the. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys covered, but I, I would take the Bucks in this. But eight and a half points is a ton, and it shows you if it started at six and a half, and everybody's betting on the Bucks because it's gone up to eight and a half. That uh, they they see what I see. You just don't know what you're going to get out of the Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised if they covered, but uh, I don't expect them to.
0: I do think the Bucs are going to win. Covering is a different question entirely because eight and a half, that's an insane amount of points. Like, like I laid 10 and a half points on Ole Miss versus uh, Louisville on Labor Day, but I, you know, I'm looking at the talent disparity and it's huge. This is the NFL eight and a half points is, I mean, incredibly, that's a huge spread to me, especially for a team, two teams that I'd say prior to, Prior to right now, are probably expected to make the playoffs, you know, win their division, right? But I have a question about the Bucs for you, because I don't, you know, obviously, you know much more about football than I do, right? The Bucs returning 22 starters sounds really good. But it feels like you miss an opportunity to get better if you're returning all 22 of your starters from a championship team. Am I missing something here? Because, like, I feel like every team, like, 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 like you have teams that will go back and repeat, but, like, you know, they didn't get any better, right? And I, I understand they just won the Super Bowl, so it's hard. But if you, they made no roster adjustments.
1: A, a lot of the time when you try to get better, it costs you. And they, we know this offseason they didn't have a lot of salary cap space. Right. They they feel like they got better by retaining Levante David. When when you look at them offensively, where could they have gotten better at? Possibly running back? Um, which running back is out there to make them better? You couldn't say there was one. And so they couldn't get much better from the skill player position at the receiver position, nor the tight end position. You say, look at the receivers, where could they have gotten better at? Uh, nowhere. Let's just be honest quarterback where could they have gotten better at absolutely nowhere you go to the defensive side of the ball their corners are young they played really well last year confidence went in the Super Bowl they should get better Devin White's a stud Levante David I just talked about him they re-signed him they could have possibly gotten better on the defensive line Vita Vey is young mm-hmm. they brought back Endomic and Sue JPP's coming back Shaq Barrett's coming back and he's, he's a young player as well and so you start to look at Winfield as a safety as young. You start to look at it and say, where could they really have brought in a guy or guys to make them better? The only place I can look at is maybe defensive tackle. You don't bring Sue back or maybe offensive lineman for a trade. But are you really going to do that when you can just return everyone else? And, and so they got better just because of the cohesiveness. We know each other. Brady, another year in the system. That's why everybody says they got better because of those factors.
0: I, it's, it's one of those things that I hear and I wonder, is this really true, right? But you talk about Adamic and Sue, Zach Martin is out of this game due to COVID protocols. I, I, Adamic and Sue recently off the COVID protocol list back into this game. Eight and a half is a ton of points. So I think officially, I'm going to take the over 51 and a half because I think Tampa is going to score about thirty to thirty-five points. And I think if they score that, I think if they score that, like the, the Cowboys are going to at least score two touchdowns, and I feel like we'll be right there in in the in the in the range. We'll be right there in the range of all I need is a one one ball one way, you know, a field goal made that wasn't missed. You know what I'm saying? So I like fifty-one and a half over. Right there. Because I do think that the key to the Cowboys is their offense. Like I'm fading them on the year. Right. I think Dak on the year, the shoulder, the ankle, that's that's like you don't get more healthy playing football. Right. But I think if he's ever going to be right, it's going to be this week. It is ever going to be right. It's going to be for this game. After all the hard knocks, after all of this, you know, Jerry talking about the, the, the damn zone distressed Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night against the vaunted Goliath uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm taking over 51 and a half. And I actually have parlayed the Bucks into several trillion different money line parlays and teasers throughout the week. So I, I like the Bucks to win, obviously. But I think officially I'm going over 51 and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I, me personally, I would take the Bucks and the over. The Cowboys are going to score 20 points. They're going to score three touchdowns. Unless the Bucs are just going to be out of this world defense, it's the first game of the season. There's going to be some type of miscommunication. And that's why you bring everybody back to, to avoid and limit the miscommunication. But, but the, you got, the, Dak hasn't played football in a long time. He's going to be fired up and ready to go. The Cowboys have a lot to prove. Mike McCarthy has a lot to prove. And so they're going to score points. The problem is Zach Martin's not playing. You have a new defensive coordinator. Guaranteed there's going to be some miscommunications, some MAs, missed assignments. And so the Cowboys, I believe, will win their division and be a playoff team. But you're playing a team in the Bucks that when you look, where's the weakness? We, we're literally going to have to get midway through the season to say, OK, this is the Bucks' weakness you can't even point to a weakness that they have and so and you can probably do that on almost every team with the exception of the bucks and so i'm taking the bucks to cover and over
0: so go on there from the steel to the steelers and the bills bills are six and a half point favorites at home over under 48 and a half this game to me is fascinating because you have like you know one of the you know the the. For the last decade, essentially, the second best team in the AFC and the Pittsburgh Steelers with the team that everybody now is saying that is the second best team in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's a dark horse MVP candidate after last year, what he did. Just where do you and and this is going to be the honest, the first game in Buffalo, the first regular season game, at least with this new kind of new look Buffalo Bills team with the Bills Mafia in full effect, breaking tables in the parking lot in Orchard Park, New York. T.J., where do you land on this one?
1: Well, again, people are counting the Steelers out, and maybe I have more respect for the Steelers because I've played them so much that you can't count them out. But in this game, I am, and I'll tell you why. The Steelers are known for defense. They are a defensive team. At least that's, what, that's how I look at them. Their best defensive player, T.J. Watt, has not practiced at all. Today, which is Wednesday, is the official first day of practice, so to speak, where you really go hard. Is he practicing? Is he going to play? Is he going to sign a contract? And so you just don't know what's going to happen. Buffalo, shown us at the end of last season in the playoffs, they are a passing team. That's what they're going to. They're going to come out. They're going to give Josh Allen the ball and say, go win this game. Uh, Who's going to pressure the quarterback for the Steelers? Because if T.J. Watt's not on the field, what's going to happen? And even if he is on the field, Martin, you miss all the training camp. You really don't have the wind and the stamina to go 30, 40 snaps. So he's going to be a situational player. And and so six and a half points, if T.J. Watt, I knew he was playing. I knew he had been going through training camp practice. I would pick the Steelers. But because of that, I'm picking the uh, Buffalo Bills. And, and I think they actually went handily. The Steelers want to run the ball. They're not going to be allowed to. Buffalo's going to score and score often.
0: I don't know. I got a different reading on this one. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, I feel like Josh Allen was 16 games of fool's goal last year. I, I've been watching football. Whoa. whoa. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that he was. But what I'm saying is I've never seen a player have that massive of an increase of just output ever in my hey, life you know, from you. Hey, when,
1: when, when you come out here to California and you work with us, that's what happens.
0: Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe a California summer, the, the you know, the sunshine did him some good because I had never like I, I'm, I worked I, where I was working at the time. We did a lot of research on these quarterbacks as they were coming out. And I just, I felt like I had a really good read on all of them. I didn't think that Josh Rosen was going to be very good. I thought Baker was going to be straight. I didn't know why anybody wasn't talking about Lamar Jackson because he looks like he was going to be incredible, right? But Josh Allen, I never got it. And then that, that, that last season, that 2020 season, he came and he shut me the hell up. But I feel like in the years prior, I had a really good argument of why. I was like, why would you trade up for Josh Allen in a draft where, like, Lamar Jackson was available? right now it's more of a conversation and to be honest the morning after the Bills won that playoff game I got a whole bunch of tweets letting me know just how much of a conversation just look was. over look
1: over your right shoulder
0: <laughs> must look be over a, your right. I, maybe I am overthinking it but I just I'm gonna need him to show me at least in week one of this season that he's still out here dealing and wheeling the same way he was I like this I know you said the Steelers aren't gonna be able to run the ball but Najee Harris is a dog. And all reports out of preseason said that he was just has, has been toting the rock, like, like and uh, like the Steelers revamped offensive line. And I just feel like
1: revamped offensive line. They lost starting center, starting left tackle. Uh, the maybe Bills are good at stopping the run.
0: Maybe they run just have- is a better term. Yeah,
1: a they better yeah. They, yeah. The Bills can play run defense. My concern with the Bills. Is the pass rush, and that's why they went and drafted a pass rushers, hoping Rousseau, another guy, can give them a consistent pass rush. But I just Josh Allen, when he got the Buffalo, you look at his wideouts and his skill guys, they went, and got him Stefan Diggs, and look what happens. And, and so you give a good quarterback a premier receiver, and voila, you get 280 million. <laughs>
0: Well, see, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Steelers plus six and a half. You're, you're on the Bills minus six and a half. I'm not touching the – if I was leaning one way, I would lean under. I just feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game.
1: I'm not so sure that. The Bills – the Bills are going to score points. The Steelers are going to have to air it out. It's in Buffalo. It's early in the year. You don't deal with weather. I would probably go over on this one as well.
0: All right. Let's see. Browns and the Chiefs. Everybody's AFC darling who's not named the Bills is the Cleveland Browns versus the class of the AFC since Patrick Mahomes has started. Chiefs are six and, a half favorite, six and a half point favorites, over under 54 and a half. I'll tell you this right now. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. His winning percentage is incredible. The way that I'm not... That's one I'm going to have to lose money on a few times before... Uh, and I know towards the end of the season... Last year they weren't covering the spread and uh but I can't, I just I just don't see it this year. I like I well said,
1: I mean, I get you. you're not betting against Mahomes. That should have been it. I ain't betting against Mahomes ever, but I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. And my reasoning is this you saw in the Super Bowl, they had Mahomes running like his hair was on fire. The Browns have a pass rush. Miles Garrett. Jadavion Clowney up the middle they're going to be solid linebackers they're fast their secondary is good with Denzel Ward John Johnson whether it's greedy Williams whether it's Greg Newsom, the Ricky from Northwestern I don't know if uh, Dell Pitt will play or not but the Browns have a really good team defensively to limit them you're not you're not stopping Kansas City you just try to slow them down offensively the Browns I would probably say have the best offensive line in the game, them yeah. or the Patriots, possibly.
0: So they're gonna the, run
1: that ball and then so they're gonna play. It.
0: Let me ask you this. Am I just devaluing offensive lines like these new restructured offensive lines, like the Pittsburgh offensive line or the Chiefs offensive line, which is which are both the, starting guys in new places and and having all types of you know, basically guys guys doing new jobs. Am I just devaluing that? Should I be am I, think I, I so this, I, I'm a big believer?
1: Starting? I'm a big believer in games and they're won and lost up front. And I'm a, I'm a guy on the outside. I'm just a big believer. You cannot win if your offense and defensive lines don't get it done. Cleveland's returning every starter from their offensive line. The Chiefs have a good offensive line, but they have to jail. Like you got to understand when we're blitzing and we're talking to Cleveland Browns, if we blitz the Kansas City Chiefs, and they have to communicate Orlando Brown coming from Baltimore they have so many different guys on that offensive line we're going to communicate but are we going to really trust the communication that's taking place because this is really our first game playing together yeah we've practiced yeah we've played some snaps in the preseason there's going to be some type of miscommunication and one or two plays won't win or lose the game but when we communicate and we're not on the same page, next time you communicate, are we going to be on the same page again? Because it's a trust thing that's going to take time. It's like a relationship. Hey, baby, I love you. Just trust me. <laughs> you got to earn that trust. Like you, you can tell me all you want, but I see better than I hear, and so it's going to take time this is going to be a good game but i believe the browns are going to cover they're going to run the ball obj's back they can throw it you can't you bring eight in the box you go single high safety you're they're going they're gonna run the ball with uh chubb and hunt offensive line. i i just like the browns to cover whether they win i ah, i don't know but they're gonna cover
0: well like you said about the first date. If this, were, if if Andy Reid was, you know, another coach, Brendan Staley, Sean McVay, whatever, and this was actually the first time that we saw this new Chiefs offensive line out, but we saw them. We've seen them go for a few snaps. Maybe it wasn't a full dinner, appetizer, entree, and dessert, but we've seen them, you know, for a little coffee date here, maybe a little lunch there, and maybe. Now I will say this going and dine at the cleveland browns restaurant with miles garrett and david clowney that 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 is a uh that's going to be a hefty bill to swallow when the you you, you it single down. right martin yeah
1: so you're going on hella dates just, just imagine hey baby i love you the first date you I'm like girl if you don't get your ass out of here you got to be out your mind you just trust me baby i want it's the first date. you're like huh we just getting to know each other
0: <laughs> well one guy who's going to have to get to know his teammates pretty quickly is new starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, Mac Jones that they have the who? Dolphins. Who? Yeah. You know I, his I, real I, name is Michael, right? I love the fact that you just said who because right, I no am, I am the target market of who? Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> 281-330-8004. But uh Mac Jones makes his first start. The Patriots are three-point favorites. The over-under is 43 and a half. Bill Belichick going against a former assistant in Brian Flores, a young quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa, And, again, Mac Jones making his first start after Cam Newton was pretty much unceremoniously cut and did not make the 53-man roster. TJ, I like Mac Jones a lot. I liked them a lot in the preseason. I like this Patriots team. And as much as I was talking about offensive lines, like you said earlier, I think this Patriots team has the best offensive line in football. I think three three points is a pretty easy swallow here. I like three points.
1: Well, for TJ, I'm going with the uh, Miami Dolphins. And they're just a better team. i never forget every team that I played on. When we went against a rookie quarterback, or a rookie DB the coach would always emphasize you only get one chance to play against this rookie in his first game right Brian Flores is going to show him and give him looks that he hasn't seen what the Patriots are going to try to do is this they're going to try to run the ball to simplify it for Mac because he If you can run it effectively the back end coverage wise is going to be basic because you got to try to stop the run Let's run some misdirection. Let's get some screens. Let's quit it. We're going to try to make it simple and basic if they can run a ball. I believe Brian Flores knows this as well. He knows how the Patriots think. That's where he came from. It's going to be tough. Defensively, the Dolphins are sound. They're solid. Very few weaknesses. The weakness on the Dolphins, even if this is a weakness, is Tua can't get it done, I'm a believer in Tua, I don't know what anybody expects from a guy that has no offseason hip surgery, no training camp, what do you expect them to do, go be Michael Jordan with all of that, it's almost impossible, and so they have a ton of speed on the outside, the Patriots like to play man to man, play man to man if you want to, I know Will Fuller is suspended, but um, Jalen Watto can run, Devontae Parker can play, they have weapons I, I just i like the dolphins i just believe they're a better team but two is gonna have to play football he he can't be the two of last year if he's a two of last year then you're right but I, i'm gonna say he's not gonna be the two of last year this is gonna be the alabama tour
0: i'm, I'm you know i think I, maybe i'm being foolish but i'm leaning on belichick here because as much as he says he doesn't like read the media or he doesn't know what SnapFace is or Instacart or whatever, like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. He knows what's going on. He knows that when he cut Cam Newton, everybody said, You did what to whom? You're going to start who? Mac Jones? Not, not any, not, not, not any of the, you know, not, not, not Trevor Lawrence, not, not Justin Fields, not Mac Jones? Okay. All right. Bet, Bill. Let's see how this goes. So maybe it's just a level I'm just betting on Belichick, and I think that he's going to, like, I get – you're right. A rookie quarterback, first start, Dolphins defense is, you know, really good last year, especially – I mean, look how they had Jared Goff last year, who was had been in a Super Bowl, had him looking like he was – it was his first time playing football. But Belichick, after a training camp, after everybody's locked in, after – I just – I don't know. That's one of those. I'm going to have to see it. Same way with Chiefs. I'm going to have to see them not cover this six. I'm going to have to see the Patriots not cover this three. Maybe by week two, I'm singing a different tune. The NFL is back, and FanDuel Sportsbook is celebrating with 40-1 to odds on any week one game. And who doesn't want to win $200 on a $5 bet? It's no Hail Mary. It's that simple. New customers get 40-1 to odds when you place your first wager on any team to win. FanDuel Sports Betting Made Simple. The app is easy to use, plus when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. TJ and I are taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus 8.5 against the Cowboys on opening night. First game of the season for our 40-1 to one odds week 1 bet. The Bucs just have too much firepower. The Cowboys may not have a quarterback, but... Offers like this are just one of the many reasons why I love betting the NFL on FanDuel. It's the number one rated sportsbook app in America. Safe and secure, fast payouts, it's easy to use, but you know what, see for yourself. They're always hooking you up with exclusive odds boosts, great promotions, and so much more. Just sign up with promo code LP3 and you can win $200 on a $5 bet. That's promo code LP3. I wanna move on from here to move into some team totals. There's some interesting teams out here that I feel like are kind of on the cusp and I think there's some opportunities to make some money here. Urban Meyer goes down to Jacksonville, takes on the Jacksonville Jaguars job has a quarterback competition, which shockingly Trevor Lawrence, number one, overall pick one uh, right now. Their team total is sitting at six and a half wins on the year. TJ, do you think the Jaguars are going over or under six and a half?
1: Under, they're not winning six games. Well, technically, they have to win seven games. They're not winning seven games. I'll give them two. Houston, outside of that, every game, they're going to be the underdog. And so I would see, I could see the Jags winning four to five games max. They don't have guys, so to speak, on that roster that other teams covet. And so Trevor Lawrence is going to help them, but it's going to take time. They had the number one pick for a reason. I'm surprised it's at six and a half. If they if they win, if this goes over, Urban Myers should be uh, coach of the year, straight up.
0: I don't hate that take. Right now, Houston's win total just for just for uh, context is sitting at four. I kind of feel like those should be flipped. i like I feel like Houston should be around six wins and the Jaguars should be at four. I think the Jaguars have real potential to be the worst team in the league. And I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe it's just me reading the press clippings of Urban Meyer in training camp, and it just seems like he's just, you were in more training camps than I've ever been it seems like there's not a lot of time to be wasted in training camp. And Urban Meyer found a lot of time to waste, right? With, with, uh, with first is hiring Chris Doyle. And then he's, you know, signing Tebow and running Tebow out out there and just having that whole situation going on. You're limiting your quarterback from the first team reps to then just trade the backup for a sixth round pick Gardner Minshew that, that logic doesn't make it's a lot of two plus two equals five to me coming out of Jacksonville from this off season. I'm not saying that Urban Meyer will never figure it out, but I feel like this season is going to be a really tough one. A lot of Papa John's a Six and a half is
1: a lot, man. That's, that's a, a lot.
0: That means you're looking at a record of seven and ten. Do you really think the Jaguars are fighting to be five hundred? Because that's what like six and ten sounds way different. Because seven and ten, you know that that you know it's it's just 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 keep yeah. in mind when you're picking that there's seventeen games now. So with that in mind. The New York Giants over under seven wins. Joe Judge in his, what is his third year coaching now. You got, <clears throat> I kind of like the Giants over, and I don't know why, because I don't like the quarterback and I don't like the offensive line.
1: That I'm with this for me it, it is a tough one because that division, like I look at the vision, I say, Cowboys are going to win. But that division can go to the Cowboys. I can see Washington winning it. I can't see Philly winning it, but Philly actually has talent. You just don't know what you're going to get out of Jalen Hurts. They, they have talent. How, how is Sirianni going to be on as a head coach? You, you just don't know. And because of that, I'd say in the division, I'd give them three games max. Right. They have to win four. I, I'd say – I don't. I don't know if you could do a push, but I I could see the Giants winning no more than six or seven games. I don't. I don't see them going over that at all. I I just don't believe. It's what you said. Offensive line, iffy. Barkley coming back from ACL. Free agent acquisition Galladay been out all training camp with a hamstring. Defensively, how are they going to be? We just don't know. And, And so. Judge should be on the hot seat. Gettleman should be on the hot seat. They're going to feel that pressure. I'm going to say under.
0: Yeah, I think this one that I personally wouldn't bet. I just find it fascinating. I feel like this team last year should have made the playoffs in a weird way, right? <laughs> like they should have backed into the playoffs. I personally think the NFC East is going to Washington. Um. And so that's why I kind of like the giants over because Dallas is going to have to lose a game. They're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think, I think Washington is going to end. I think that defensive line is just going to dominate, but moving on to another coach who probably would be on the hot seat. If he didn't have a lifetime contract, damn near John Gruden and the Raiders over under seven wins in sneaky, one of the best divisions in football, in my opinion, in the AFC West, uh, which, which side of this are you coming down on?
1: For, for me, uh, just straight to it. I, I think they'll win more than seven games. I really do. Offensively, they were pretty good last year. It, it's the defense let them down. I, I'm a fan of Gus Bradley. He, his energy and just, he's always smiling. He's always positive. Guys want to play for Gus Bradley. And, and so he's going to make that defense better. Seven games. I mean, everybody's high on the Chargers. They have a new head coach, new offensive system. They may remain somewhat the same, but it's a new head coach. You don't, we don't know what we're going to get out of them. They do get Derwin James back, but we don't know. And so Denver, we don't know what we're going to get out of them. They're going to be good on defense. We assume Bridgewater is not going to turn the ball over and he's not going to lose games. But I, I could see the Raiders going 8, 9, 9, and 8. But I see them winning more than seven games.
0: I think so, too. I think it's weird that the Broncos over-under is set at 8.5, where the Raiders are set 7. Those feel like they should be swapped with me. And I think the Raiders are going to finish whatever – what is that, 550 now? like Because they can't finish 500 anymore. So they'll finish yeah. 550. Um, but – talking about brandon staley for a minute the team he left the the los angeles rams are tied upon at the top of the nfc west with the san francisco 49ers at 10 and a half wins both of these teams have new quarterbacks the rams will be starting immediately Uh, jimmy garoppolo will be looking over his shoulder as soon as he takes his first snap which which of these teams essentially who wins the division because this is i feel like this is going to be or at least do you think it's a three-team race in the NFC West or a two-team race?
1: I actually think it's a four-team race. I'll be honest don't with you.
0: Don't awesome. drink that cliff, don't drink that cliff Clingsbury Kool-Aid. Don't do it. I did it. I it's did it not, last year. Don't do it. When you
1: have Hopkins, AJ Green, like what do you do? Like AJ can still play in the defensive. You got Chandler Jones, JJ Watt, you got Isaiah Simmons, you got Buda Baker. Like they got dudes. But I don't believe they're gonna win the division. I I believe the Rams will. And I I see the Rams winning easy 11, 12 games. I could even see them winning 13 games and going 13 and four. But 11, 12 games, easy. The Niners, you just don't know what Jimmy G is going to give you. But I'll just say this, off his history, I'm going to say he's going to be good enough. And if he isn't, they got to go with Trey. Trey Lance showed a lot of flashes but he also showed a ton of learning that he needs to do. He was inaccurate a lot, and we kind of get wild with the big plays and the long touchdown passes and the touchdown runs, but he was inaccurate. And so if Jimmy G is able to play, I could see the Niners winning 11 and being a wild card. I really can, but if Trey Lance has to come in before midway through the season, I would go under.
0: You know, it's interesting. I want to take the over on the Niners, because when I look at what Kyle Shanahan has done with the a a, just carousel of quarterbacks. Right. And of guys who were no name guys really. They didn't
1: win. They would win games, but they didn't win consistently.
0: I understand that they would win games. They were always, they felt like they were always covering, but now he actually has his guy as a backup. They just traded up for him. I obviously don't want him to start week one. That's not the plan. But it's just, I just find that interesting. It's, kind of, it's an interesting thing. It's like he's not bringing in Nick Mullins anymore or, or CJ Beathard to, to, when Jimmy G invariably goes down and gets hurt. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams over 10.5. I just think the 49ers one is, is fascinating, but I'll probably stay away from it. I want to ask you real quick, we we'll are kind of do this rapid fire. I want Who's your favorite for rookie of the year? Because my personally, I got Mac Jones the Sunday before the 53-man roster cuts happened at plus 1,000 for rookie of the year. You He's get, now I, sitting at plus 450.
1: Man, this, for me, it's who's going to have opportunity to just to put up the stats and, and for me three guys come to mind trevor lawrence zach wilson Najee harris those three guys come to mind and, and let's just be honest for the most part a quarterback always gets it if they start and so that comes down to zach wilson and trevor wilson who do i think is going to have a better year just throwing the ball i believe it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, because of the division that he's in, is not as strong as the division that Zach Wilson is in. Zach Wilson has to play against the Bills twice, the Patriots twice, and the Dolphins twice. That's not good for him. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have the fa- and, and I don't want to even pick the favorite. I don't even want to pick Trevor Lawrence because he's the favorite. Right. But when you look at it, outside of Trevor Lawrence, I believe Najee Harris is the only guy that's going to get the looks to challenge that but it's going to go to a quarterback it has to be zach wilson or trevor lawrence one of them two are going to win it bar injury i mean if justin jefferson didn't win it last year with the type of year he had no receiver has a chance of winning it and and so this sucks because i would want to pick somebody other than trevor because he's a favorite i want to get some bang for my buck but i got to go with the smart bet and that's trevor lawrence
0: well, he is plus 400, so it's still bang for your buck, even though you have to tie your money up for 17 weeks. Your logic is the exact reason why I bought Mac Jones plus 1,000 two days before roster cuts happened, because I figured he was going to be the starter, and he was like, who else is going to play? The Jags going to be terrible. Zach Wilson, I just am not a believer. The, the, I, no one questioned the Jets taking him at number two, and I don't understand why. I feel I'm like a believer. This, uh, well, I, I Show me weekly. We'll see. But I've seen
1: them. I've seen them in person, and in person, okay. phenomenal.
0: And then, but then, Najee Harris—they're not gonna get a, to a running back. Okay, that's not happening. Exactly. Um, comeback player of the year: Dak Prescott plus two hundred, Joe Burrow plus seven hundred, Christian McCaffrey plus seven hundred, Saquon Barkley plus eight fifty, and then everybody else is not necessarily people who were injured. It's, you know, it's kind of like Jameis Winston plus a thousand, Carson Wentz plus a thousand. Now, is it crazy for me to think that Jameis Winston plus a thousand has a shot at NFL comeback player of the year?
1: As soon as I saw that, I thought Jameis Winston's gonna win this. But what's the criteria to get comeback player of the year? Do you have to have been hurt? Do you did it matter that you didn't play the year prior? Like, what is the criteria? And, and so I don't if, – if he is eligible for that, the Saints are probably going to be a wild card team. I could see them getting into the playoffs. Jameis Winston is going to have a pretty damn good year, in my opinion. But is he going to meet the criteria? If he doesn't, I'm going to be a homer and go with Joe Burrow.
0: So, I looked it up, and there have been some comeback players. I mean, most of the time is when a guy comes back from injury. However, it's not unprecedented for a guy to be the comeback player of the year and not have been hurt the year before. It's not, a, it's not completely unprecedented. Ryan Tannehill for is, 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 is the most recent example because he he got, he just signed to Tennessee and they were like, Oh, well, you know, Oh, wait, well, you are a good quarterback. I get it. Um, but no, that's why I think Jameis Winston plus a thousand is decent. If not, I think I would like Christian McCaffrey plus 700. I don't think that makes it through the year. Unfortunately, I don't, I, f- I feel like he's going to miss some games. I feel like the Bengals are going to be terrible again, and I'm, you know, I'm concerned with Joe Burrow. I hope that that he's able to stay up, stay upright under that offensive line because, like we were talking about earlier, that offensive line is just not. The Bengals
1: have to do one or two things: quick game, max protect. You do that, you give him the confidence up here because it's going to be a mental grind for him that first. Two to three games. This is what is sure. needed. But if it's a quick, if it's quick game, and if you max protect, it'll give him peace of mind mentally, knowing okay, I'm getting the ball out quick, good, knowing I'm max protected, I should be good. And so mentally, that works for a player when he knows the team and the coaching staff is doing what they can because they know how he is mentally as well. That that's what I hope they do. So hopefully they'll listen to this and take my advice.
0: Well, I got, this is the lemon pepper parlay podcast and FanDuel right now. You can get them before kickoff on, on Thursday has some interesting parlays. I want to run by you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chiefs and Buccaneers each over 12 and a half regular season wins. That's plus three eighty. Would you lay on that?
1: Yeah, I, I would, I would, uh, I think that's very, very possible. I really do. The the, okay. the thing is, what happens if a team is just doing so well, home field advantage, no problem, sit the starters, lose the game at the end of the year. I mean, you don't see that happening, but I, I could literally see the Bucs going 16 and one, 15 and two, no problem.
0: Well, then you'd be over. But you'd be over the thirteen wins that you. That's that's yeah, the thing. But, yeah, I, I, I could see yeah. a team benching. I could see a team benching to go like twelve and four, right, or thirteen and three. If they were going to go like fourteen and two or something like that. Yeah. But I have trouble seeing with that extra game. I feel like you're going to have to have fourteen wins, dude. It hand.
1: just makes it. It's so odd yeah. to say a seventeen <laughs> game now instead of sixteen. It it really is different.
0: You're gonna need that. I think you're gonna need fourteen games in hand to feel really good about locking up the one sheet. Yes, one more, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Packers, 49ers, all over 10 and a half regular season wins plus 550.
1: The only team in here that I'll say, uh, is the Niners. And that's why they did that. Like the Chiefs, chalk it up. The Bucks, chalk it up. The Packers, chalk it up. The Niners, uh, I don't know like I don't know and it's because of what we spoke on earlier who's going to be the quarterback like Trey Lance isn't one of those guys that had a lot of throws in college played a lot of snaps in college if he has to play there's going to be growing pains and so if Jimmy G if Jimmy G can make it through the first half of the season he's gonna start unless he gets injured he'll start the entire season and if he makes it through the first half of the season I say yes, but I if, if Trey Lance has to play, no, If Jimmy G, I'm gonna say no because I just don't know what the Niners are going to, what they're gonna be at the quarterback position or who's gonna play the quarterback position. But you know what? I'll be honest, let me just take this back. I'm saying yes. And the reason I'm saying yes, because I believe in three teams, I'm on a fence with one. So I'll take that 75%. I'm not gonna let a little 25% scare me. So I'm going with a yes. That makes sense, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like it hey why not you know what G- gambling is all of our probabilities right and so my lemon pepper parlay okay tj you know the lemon pepper parlays will do one a of lot these of every week, week. yeah the lemon pepper parlay my favorite play and tj i got news for you the best bets they're the ones that win those are the best ones you, you lay a lot of juice whatever you know what if you get your money back and then some it was a good bet so it's week one. I'm trying to give my bankroll up. Let's do this. Let's take the Bucks on the money line and the Chiefs on the money line. And I'm gonna take the Patriots on the money line for my lemon pepper parlay. So three money line, straight money line wins. And you know, it's not the sexiest thing, but that's okay. We try we, we're here for the long game. It's about
1: Ws wins, stack the wins. <laughs> My lemon pepper parlay lock of the week taking the Buffalo Bills to cover over the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Miami Dolphins to cover. Over the New England Patriots Ricky quarterback first game, he'll start on one bill will start to sit here and say oh why did I release so Cameron Newt?" golly I hope I made the right decision because he's going to have to go through another year of saying. Oh, I guess it was all Brady. Huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So that's my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. If you knew better, you would do better.
0: I don't know what it is. Maybe it's latent Brady hate. Maybe it's, maybe it's just too much respect for Belichick. I just can't imagine that it's going to come down to that right now, but Hey, in any event, TJ, Merry football Eve to you and to all who are listening. We'll be back next week. Rate, Listen, subscribe, leave a comment. And, uh, Hopefully we make Just some go money.
1: win some money, go win some money, it, listen to us, go win some money.